From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good morning to you, wherever you may. We never say good morning. Sometimes. This is rare, isn't it? Great wow. Man. Good morning to you, wherever you may be. <laughs> Pastor Mike Douglas here, welcoming you to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Along with us, Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host, and uh, special guest mm. this this morning, yes. uh, Marty Lancer, the voice of Flying Blind Traffic. And I'm here. I yes. just I want to tell you, uh, Marty, my wife right now for a season is having to commute from Modesto to Sacramento four days a week. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, me, well, we all, but it's for a season, you know. Okay. It's, it's for a season, and she, and she told me this morning, I want you to let Marty know I couldn't make the trip without hearing him on flying by in traffic. So she just uh, really appreciates you and all you do. <laughs> well, I appreciate, you know, and, and today was especially challenging because we had a lot of fog. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's good to know when you wake up and you hear that, you think, hey, i got to get a move on, got to leave early, and got to, you know, slow things down a little bit today. Right. Uh, absolutely. It's one of those Rudolph mornings, huh? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also with us, volunteer Dan the Man. Yes. With us. Oh, and uh so- just Good one one of our uh, precious volunteers will be talking to Dan in uh, just a little bit uh, as well. Terry Lancer with us and uh, lurking in the shadows here somewhere in the uh, front room of <laughs> Advancing Vibrant Community is also uh, Leonard yes. uh, Heisel, our, uh, one of our great volunteers, mm-hmm. part of the Batman and Robin team. You we'll bet. talk about them a little bit later. Right now, before we go on, though, let's check with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, this is Toby Mack, asking this question of all Jesus Freaks. Where do you put your best efforts? What do you do well? Richard Wormbrand, founder of The Voice of the Martyrs, remembers his 14 years in a communist prison in Romania. He said, Without fear we sang in prisons 30 feet beneath the earth. We were terribly hungry, beaten, and tortured. The communists were good at torturing us. We would say to each other, The communists beat us very well. Let us do our work well. Let us sing well. Richard Wormbrand knew that clear and passionate worship would honor God, align his own heart with God's purpose, and be a powerful witness to his captors. For more on doing life well, go online to persecution.com. You know, Elaine, we uh, we often remark how blessed we are on this country, in this country, so far. You know, know, the day may be coming, but... Uh, you think about, uh, you know, worlds away and how gathering today uh, just to pray together and, and celebrate what God is doing could result in persecution. And, 
And uh, we, we are so blessed and Absolutely. need to take advantage. And I believe God has given us some great open windows now, and it's important for us to take advantage of that, the opportunities that he's given us, and for us to walk through and be light, uh, be light to a very, very needy world. Let's take some uh, look at some windows to serve with the Volunteer Center of the United Way Lend-A-Hand List. The city of Modesto getting ready for the annual celebration of Lights Parade and downtown extravaganza, the annual holiday tradition. And it takes place this coming Saturday, December 6th, 5.30 p.m. in downtown Modesto. Thousands of spectators expected, and we will be there. Yeah, look for the form. big ABC red fire truck. You better believe Nine- 1960 American La France wow. with a Detroit diesel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is going to be uh, an exceptionally uh, fun time to be had by all. Thousands of uh, spectators going to be there, going to be enjoying this year's holiday magic theme. Approximately 70 volunteers are going to be needed to help out with the parade setup, uh, placement of the floats in the staging area, the route marshals and security barricades, road closures, all of that kind of thing that goes along with having a parade. Volunteers must be at least 18 years of age, able to stand for long periods of time, uh, be available from 1.30 to 7.30 in the evening. Uh, all volunteers are asked to attend an orientation lunch from 1:30 uh, at 1:30 p.m. prior to the parade, and you're going to receive a commemorative event uh, thermos. We understand, so that that will that'll be, be good for that night. You bet. <laughs> Fill it up with some hot coffee or hot chocolate, something good. Absolutely. And if you're listening to this broadcast after the fact, then we'll tell you how fun it was next time, right? You know that really is a, a fun parade. Oh, and is. now I grew up in Pasadena. You know, with the rose parade, so I'm I'm used to big, but you know, it is a fun. Oh, it, is. it is a fun it parade. Is. I encourage you to be there. Again, that's coming up this Saturday, the sixth. Kicks off at five thirty. Five thirty. Yeah, we'll be there ahead of time, decorating and all that kind of fun stuff. The Haven Women's Center of Stanislaw, uh, inviting you to uh, be a volunteer to help out victims of domestic, uh, domestic violence. Uh, want you to help wrap holiday gifts, fill stockings, and they are also accepting donations. Uh, and transporting items to uh, the upstairs project room. Volunteer scheduling is available weekdays beginning uh, December 8th and going through December 23rd. Uh, 10 a.m. to 12 noon are the shifts, also 1.30 to 3.30 in the afternoon. Uh, Monetary donations, gift items for women and children, clothes and toys, Gift wrap and food items are also appreciated during this holiday season. Now, the center provides shelter and counseling for women and their families fleeing from domestic violence. And they also assist women with temporary restraining orders uh, through its legal clinic. We refer a lot of uh, families to the Haven Women's Center and uh, just would uh, encourage you to uh, consider volunteering, not only during the holiday time, but throughout the year as well. And from time to time, we have the privilege of serving them as well, especially the women who are starting anew. Great way to Mm -hmm. serve. And the Modesto Gospel Mission having a happy birthday Jesus party. (laughs) That's going to happen on December 23rd at noon. Volunteers are needed to help out on this special day with setup, cleanup, dinner, and passing out gifts to the homeless and individuals and families. Uh, Volunteer shifts are available there starting at 11 in the morning. Volunteers may also sort and prepare gifts for distribution on Monday, December 22nd at 9 in the morning. Now, prior to volunteering, you want to remember, uh, for the first time, all interested uh, people must attend the volunteer orientation. Um, That is on December 11th at 530. If you've already done this before, you don't have to worry about that. 
Uh, also, they need food for the holiday dinner, warm clothing in all sizes, gloves, scarves, um, all of those kinds of things, socks, coats. You know, since 1948, the Gospel Mission has provided um, nutritious meals, warm beds, and a place of safety for thousands of poor and homeless men, women, and children. They do a fantastic job there, so we would just encourage you to consider that as well. And again, you know, we, we emphasize, of course, the holiday time of the year, but it's not just that. You know, it's, it's all during uh, the year that that's available for you to serve, so we would just uh, encourage you to consider that. And if you have any questions regarding any of these opportunities to serve, call Barbara Borba. She's very reachable at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Or you can email her, she loves that too, at bborba at uwaystand.org. You can always reach us here too uh, at 209-544-9571. You want to remember, and we would just encourage your donations of warm coats, blankets, scarves, gloves, space heaters, socks at this time of the year too. And again, you can reach us at 209-544-9571, except for times like right now, because there's just something special about doing the morning show right now. We aren't available right now because we are with our good friends, Marty Lancer and Dan Diaz. We affectionately refer to as Dan the Man. And we're so happy that you guys could join us this morning. We just love it. You know, you can rarely walk into a place of business, or as Pastor Mike said, when you're driving down the freeway like Lori is right now, you're just going to hear Marty doing flying blind traffic. And that's not, you know, Marty, I can't get out of the habit. And this goes back a long time ago, and I'm dating myself because I want to say Big Marty Lancer. Because we go back, we go <laughs> Hey, some things don't change. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, Marty? Because that, uh, that just goes back a ways because you and I have some history together. And that's, uh, that's okay the mid 90s, that's uh, when it was. That's when it was. And uh, that's a. It goes back a ways, but that's okay, too. We're just so glad to have you guys here. I want to know how you and Dan, the man, as we call him, met each other. Well, who takes that? You want me to take it or you want Dan to take it? Either or both. It doesn't matter. Go ahead, Marty. Um, I met Dan. Actually, it started off about almost now two years ago. Um, it sounds funny, but when the computer age came in, you know, I never used a computer. Um and I really couldn't learn how to use a computer because I was working. So as we got more enthralled with computers and more into them, I realized, hey, this is really something I'd like to learn to do. Um, and I need to learn to do it as, as best I can, even though I tend not to really embrace new things and technology and stuff. But I, I really wanted to learn. So about two years ago, I went to a place here in downtown Modesto on uh, – right near the A&W at 618 14th Street, uh, called Visually Impaired Person Support. There's a guy there named Mauricio Molina who uh, is kind of, they, they call him the director. He doesn't like that because he says, I'm not a director, I'm a teacher, you know. <laughs> but And he taught me how to use the computer. Well, one of the other things that VIPS or Visually Impaired Person Support does is they have a support group every other Monday. And so I started going to that, and that's where I met Dan. Cool. And so, Dan, a few months ago, Marty calls up and he says, Elaine, I've got this friend who wants to volunteer. And I said, cool, send him over. And he said, well, okay, just one thing. And I said, well, what? what is it? And he says, well, he can't see. And I said, well, 
cool. Send him over anyway. And, and so, actually, what Elaine says, well, in the case of Pastor Mike, that's probably best you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, oh, yeah. we have, uh, we are so glad you're here, and you have just been one of the greatest additions to this team that we could possibly have asked for because it's such an answer to prayer, is it not, Mike? Amen. I'm curious, Dan, what um, what led you to even talk to Marty about volunteering? What uh, what what events led up to that? It's real simple. I volunteered, called, went to other places. Uh, they didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> I said, you don't you guys going to turn down free labor? <laughs> well, we don't know what you can do. And I said, just about anything. Mm. But, uh, you know, I volunteered at several places. Nobody ever called me back. Nobody, uh, you know, I, you know, went back in personally and called and go, well, you know, you guys are missing out. It's free labor. Mm. But uh, I was talking to Marty, and other than Vips, where I met him and several other folks, we, uh, you know, they take volunteers there. But I go, you know, I need to do a little more, and absolutely, there was, wasn't anything available. So he says, I know somebody, and that's that's how it all happened. And well, I've been here ever since. So. Th- thank you for that God connection, Marty. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, well, you know, I I'll tell you something. It, it, it's um, it is sometimes challenging. I, I had a lot of the same experience now because I work, you know, 40 hours a week. I'm not as necessarily, you know, my schedule is a little bit tighter, but I had a lot of the same problems. People just didn't know how to use me. And I have to say that, you know, Dan being blinded uh, when he was thir- about 33 years old, um, that does change things a little bit. Sometimes if you had sight earlier, you know, you're maybe stronger in some other areas. Um, you know, Dan's in pretty good shape. Um, and I and when I heard what you want needed, uh, someone to do some lifting, because I think I just talked to Elaine about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, Dan can do that. They don't want me doing that. Nobody nobody asked me to come help lift, you know. <laughs> um, because, frankly, when I was in school um, as a blind student, they did not know what to do with PE. They did not know how to handle, you know, uh, what do we do with blind students in PE? Man, I, I don't know. We had every teacher. There was not a uh, what you would call, you know, a fashioned curriculum. Every teacher had their theory. Everything from, hey, what do you guys want to do today? To, okay, partials, which were people that had some vision. Go play basketball. Totals, here. Here's your rope. Run around the gym till I tell you to quit. <laughs> and oh and that and every everything in between you know and and so a lot of us and our teachers you know we had especially in junior high we had a teacher that would say oh those PE teachers don't know what they're doing you need to get into music and academics consequently a lot of us people who are blind from birth and this is there are exceptions to this obviously but a lot of us aren't in too good a shape because we never had it as kids mm. it was never really stressed that much and um, but Dan Dan didn't have that problem. Dan's in good shape, and I thought he can help do some lifting at Toten. I, I I know that. So there are some distinctions, but Marty, let's not forget that you are very athletically inclined. You bowl. Well, I try to bowl, yeah. And <laughs> I hear you put Pastor Mike to shame. Now well, I don't know if we want to go there. <laughs> well. <laughs> Most anybody can do no, that. Fair, no. But I'm just what, kidding. What really got me though is I thought it'd be cool to to volunteer for the you know blind bowlers, but you know Marty had them throw me down the alley. That, <laughs> and I, I just kind of put a damper on. Got a strike though. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, 
<laughs> Not only that, Marty, but you announce baseball games. Football yeah, I've, games. I've done some foot. I've done some Football. baseball and just got Del Modesto Broncos. They, my goodness, they got uh, the Turlock Vikings cleaned everybody's clock last weekend out of Atwater High School um, for Pee Wee Junior Varsity and Varsity Super Bowl, and I was the PA announcer for it. was It was a long day, but it was fun. You know, people um, are just yeah. amazed. Now, Marty and Terry, how how do you how do you obviously someone spotting and and yeah, I guess. is that is that your role there, Terry? Not, not a chance. No, <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing the color commentary. No, 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 huh? no, no football for me. <laughs> Matter of fact, I had a, a high school kid. It was a spotter for me. And it was great. He got paid a little bit and uh, worked out for all of us. And uh, he was a good spotter, um, you know. And so, and so, um, that's you know, I use his spotting, and uh, you know, really, I'm as good as my spotter. I do Modesto Christian too, right? On and they just unfortunately had their season come to an end about a week and a half ago, um, but. I do Modesto Christian, and I always tell people, say, man, Marty, you're good. I'm only as good as my spotter. Yeah, I'm only as yeah. good as my spotter. I do have to mention that sitting behind a microphone sitting is probably not athletic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've watched the man in the studio work, and it is amazing. Uh-huh. It just is inspiring to That's see. That's because his mouth is the only thing moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I could work these calories off with my mouth. I'll tell you what. I, I, oh, boy, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, we're, Marty, we're so pleased yes. that, that God led you to uh, recommend that Dan give us a call. And, and you know, our, our God is a, is a God of possibilities. He's a God of possibilities, no obstacles with him. And, and uh, Dan, we, we thank you for dedicating your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have this Batman and Robin team, uh, Leonard and Ken out there, and they're, they're delivering furniture. And, and um, you know, Leonard and Ken, I mean, they, as John, uh, the ever-ready bunny John would say, they got some bark on them. They've they been do. around for a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And... Uh, and uh, so here, here we have Leonard and Ken out there in, in their 70s, and, and they're picking up furniture and delivering. We try not to deliver to, you know, seven-story buildings and that sort this of thing. This is but, true. But enter uh, Dan and uh, to become part of the team. And, and Dan, how, how did they start you out? This is kind of a new adventure for all of us. Uh, yeah, that's true. Definitely a <laughs> new adventure. Met Leonard 40 years ago. So I, oh, I didn't know that. I knew, really? knew him. Hey, he worked for my dad for Every- cut meat for a while. You know, everybody knows yes. Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> I found that out. Right. You go around this and say, Leonard Heisel. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're really- no, everybody, isn't that amazing? And, and, and Leonard and Ken had known each other, what, in? In the first grade. First grade or so and, and got uh, working got together here. Got yeah, reconnected here cool at thing. ABC. Hadn't seen each other for years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, but they really connected back when when they uh, started volunteering here at ABC. And Dan, I have to tell you, they had so much work to do that they really were asking for another furniture friend. That's what we were calling it, furniture friend. And they said, we really need for God to raise up another person. So we were praying. We really did. We were praying diligently for God to bring another friend. Little did we know that it would be you. And so when Marty called up, I said, send Dan over, please send him over. And so when you came, it was such an answer to prayer. God made that connection. I was so excited. I was so excited. And and to watch the three of you guys, and sometimes four of you, like when uh, Joe joins the team, it is just 
what an inspiration to watch you guys work together and the fun stuff that you do, the the joking that goes on, the camaraderie, and and to uh, watch the way you interact with one another, and um, it is just uh, it is inspiring. It inspires me. It inspires every the people that you serve. I have heard comments come back to the office about the way in which you guys serve people. It it truly is uh, it, it's awesome. It, it really is. It's awesome because you get in there. Marty said you were in good shape. Man, can you move? <laughs> oh well, I don't know about that, but it's it's fun to be with those guys. It's a kick. We have a good time. Nobody gets in a big hurry. We got certain stuff we got to do, and ah, there's a lot of gratification for mm. what we do do and what you guys have organized. So it's every Tuesday and Wednesday are interesting. Mm. <laughs> now, and I understand that that you know the streets almost better than Leonard and Ken out there, right? Some areas. Yeah, some areas. <laughs> some areas, but not... It's like, it's like a built-in GPS right there, right, Leonard? Correct. Yeah. Dan, what, uh, what does it mean to you to be able to go out with these guys and, and to serve people in this way? Well, I didn't realize... It means a lot, but I didn't really realize uh, how many folks were in such bad shape. Mm-hmm. And uh, the ones we do help, it's really great. I, mm-hmm. I enjoy it. It's a, it's a real warm... Feeling it makes uh, makes you feel like there's somebody that still cares, uh, yeah. still out there, still you know, somewhat orientated or somewhat grounded, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was thinking, Marty, um, Paul in Ephesians two ten, and a very familiar verse says that we're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Uh, didn't catch God by surprise, Dan, that uh, you would lose your sight uh, around in your mid-30s. And, and Marty uh, didn't catch God by surprise that uh, Marty Lancer would not be sighted. But, boy, how he's, he's using you guys so powerfully. Well, I, I, you know, I appreciate that. Um, and I think everyone really wants to be. Um, one of the things we see at the support group, and I think Dan would concur with this, um, there are a lot of people who are struggling with losing their sight. Most of the people in the support group, there are not too many of us, you know, all our life blind people. That Most of them are losing their sight or have already lost it. And, um, boy, it really changes your life, of course. Mm. And and uh, they're looking for ways to be useful, mm. um, trying to. And I know we've had Tom Ingebrigtsen on this program before. Yes. And he, he said something that I thought was just, uh, and it was on this show, I believe. He said, you know, you do lose maybe about 30% of what you had as far as the things you used to do, the things you could do. And so you have to capitalize on that 70% that you have left. Mm. And there are folks that are still struggling uh, trying to know how to do that um, and trying to be useful. Um and, and and trying to uh, find their new identity, so to speak, and it's it's uh, it's difficult. Um, Dan has I think adjusted extremely well, um, and that's probably a whole story in itself. Could take up a whole program, but he's adjusted extremely well, and uh, has has found his identity where he fits in. Um, but other people, uh, you know, are still looking for that. Hmm. We are so grateful to have him here. Marty, I've heard you say this before, that when one loses one of their senses, say, say for example, sight, um, 
that it, it kind of makes the other senses keener. Uh, and, and in your case, that's certainly true. And we've seen that in, in Dan's case. A lot of times, Dan will be uh, moving, say, for instance, Dan a sofa alongside Leonard and Ken, and, and they will move to the left or to the right or upstairs or downstairs. They don't even have to say, hey, Dan, we're, we're moving up now or down now. You can just kind of sense where they're moving, and you just kind of shift and, and go with them. It's, it's as if you know. I mean, you can you sense where they're moving. You're right with them. Well, you're, yeah, you're, I, I've got a funny story to tell you about that. A friend of mine wanted to know, how do you do that? How do you know um, if I'm going upstairs or downstairs, Marty? And this would be involved like when I would take their arm. And I'd say, well, I can feel your body going up or down. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, you mean so if I go like this and he bent down, you're going to think I'm going downstairs, aren't you? Yeah, I I will. So we're walking along, and all of a sudden he bends down. And there's no stair, of course. And I I hit my foot, and ooh, hey, wait a minute, what's going on? And then he jumps up, and oh, oh, I didn't know there was a stair there. You know, and and so, uh, but it's all, yeah, the feel of the body, yeah. Dan, uh, as as you made that transition in your 30s, what were the, some of the challenges that that you faced in, in making that transition? Biggest thing is wife, three kids, and what am I going to do? Mm. You know, got to support these people. How, what, when, where. You just, you know, you stop thinking and go, neighbor down the street said, well, you can draw Social Security. And I said, uh, it's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> I said, supplemental income is what it is, so. You know, luckily I was in retail, so, hmm. and the state had a program, and I was independent contractor for the state and ran a food service, and it was kind of what I did do, so, and it was a meat cutter by trade, so, and it just kind of fell in, so it worked. So, I, you know, you had to have something to do. Had to move and sure. relocate the whole family, and uh, that was a little scary, and... My biggest thing is having not the availability to be able to walk outside, drop in the car, hit the key, and go. Mm. That's the only thing I really miss. Everything else is kind of a wash and can be adjusted, but that's what I miss the most. Well, and I think, and and maybe you can comment on this, Marty. Dan, you you have a spirit about you that's a can-do. You know, that we're going to make it happen, and and there's just a... A very positive aura about you. I don't mm. mean to get new agey no, with that, but I think it's, it's oh, something wow. God has <laughs> God has has implanted something inside of you that that just is. You know, we're going to make it happen, and a very positive attitude. Have you? Is it, has that been your wiring your whole life, or do you recognize that you have that? I I don't know. It's just you know, you're happy happy person so mm-hmm. you can either be one way or the other and yeah. uh i went through a school in the east bay almost 25 years ago and for my fellow visually impaired people i've never met so many angry people in my life oh, and you can yeah. be angry or you can be happy about it or you know it's uh I used to st- work there or go there Monday through Friday, and they said, "Oh, you got to stay on weekends." I go, uh, "I can't be around these people on weekends." <laughs> Didn't want that to rub off. Huh? <laughs> no, it's just you know, it's everybody adjusts differently. Yeah, mine was very traumatic and all that stuff, but still, hey, anybody can be 
down and gloomy and oh poor me but you know when you got a family and stuff you're gonna go uh we got to provide here <laughs> somehow some way and i was just fortunate enough that uh my ophthalmologist that did the surgery and everything called rehab and they dropped in and i thought well you know uh maybe i'm just lucky or there's something else for me to do and i'm still here and mm -hmm. god made it possible and it's just yes. you know got lucky Amen. well to put lucky. it to put it in perspective dan it took you because and you and i've talked about this so I, I i know i can i can say this from the time you lost your sight until the time you started working in the food service business again it was about a 20-month period is that right correct yeah okay now um, and some people I know are thinking, 20 months? My goodness, that's a long time. You know, If I said to you, hey, you're going to prison for 20 months, you'd go, oh, my <laughs> goodness. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. But let me put it in perspective for you. Tw 20 months may seem like a long time. But in fact, Dan did it very quickly when you consider um, he had to get over you know, the surgery. And then he had to go uh, to the, the rehab center in the Berkeley area. And complete that program. Then he had to go to Sacramento to retrain to do the uh, the state food service business, and then come back and start. That's twenty months. There are people at VIPS right now, visually impaired person support, that have been dealing with this for five or six years, and they haven't even gone to Berkeley yet. Wow! So um, kind of puts it in perspective. Yeah, it, it, and and that's what I wish to do is 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 put it in perspective so people can see. You know, it's not a slam dunk here. 70% of blind people are unemployed, so that means 30 are employed. And and um, and that's optimistic. Yeah, and, and I don't see that getting better. I see it getting worse. Well, uh, why is that, Marty? Technology. Uh, because, because, and this is why technology, as wonderful it is, is all things it can do for a blind or a sighted person, by the way, um, the improvements are happening so much faster in the sighted world. Um that uh, the, the, the blind technology is not keeping up. Uh -huh. And so, you know, if, if, if it comes to reading mail at home, that's one thing. Uh, but when it comes to competing on the job site to work as fast as your coworkers, that's another. So we're talking, the, the especially in industry, the increase in uh, the technology uh, is, is has not been paralleled by the same type of increase in technology for the non-sighted person right? exactly yeah saying? yeah and the, okay. and the adaptive technology is very expensive ah okay like you buy a, a printer for a regular computer is you can buy it for under hundred dollars sure a printer that prints braille is five thousand dollars wow wow mm. and it takes two people to carry it mm. uh, i have a little it's a, called a braille note it's a it's a con kind of a combination or, or cross between a palm pilot and a computer in that it does not have the memory a computer does, but it will do all the things a, a computer can do. I can go on the internet with it. I can uh, word process with it. You know things like this. Um, it's sixty-one hundred bucks. Wow. Um, whereas you know a computer is, you know, I don't even know what they are now. Yeah. Uh, Five hundred bucks, maybe even cheaper than that, depending upon what you get. Um, so you know there are these types of gaps as well. Uh, now. Rehab or the state will help you buy some equipment oftentimes, and, and I think Dan probably experienced some of that. Um, did you not, Dan? I, I think uh, some, yeah, and and so they'll help you, but um, you know, um, you still have to be able to work with that equipment and compete in the job market. And, and today, one of the things that I think is 
we grew up, and when I say we, I, I mean Dan and Terry and, and Elaine and Mike. Um, Leonard, you, actually, you're from another generation where I think things were a little bit different, but we grew up in a time when um, the acceptance of blindness was starting to change. Um, mm -hmm. People were becoming, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't so, I think people that grew up like in my folks' generation, Leonard's generation, you didn't talk about that stuff. You know, mm. oh, so-and-so's blind, but we don't talk about that. We don't mm. discuss it. Um, whereas when we were growing up, it was okay to discuss it a little bit. Technology had started to move in some interesting ways. And um, all in all, it made for really a pretty positive experience for me growing up. Nowadays, you know, we're more aware of it even than we were then. That's good. The bad part is, though, we're living in a society where if you can't keep up, pal, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, mm. We have no compassion, no empathy at all. Um, I mean, by and large. Um, and so that doesn't make it easy for people to go out there and try to make a living. Yeah, I think you're right. That shift was occurring in, in our generation. I remember uh, growing up a couple uh, houses down from us was Mr. Stevenson. Mr. Stevenson was blind and had his cane. Mr. Stevenson tuned all the pianos for the school district. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah, and he would he would walk down the street, and everybody would say, hi, Steve. And, and he'd know where the bus was. He'd get on the bus, and he had his piano tuning equipment. And he had a wonderful, he had perfect pitch, you know. And uh, he would tune all the, the pianos for the uh, school district. We're going to be back in just a moment with uh, Marty and Dan the Man and uh, Terry right after this. Yeah, we are kicking off the month here of December with some of our... Uh our finest volunteers and friends, and uh, we are going to be back, and we'll rejoin them right after the latest from Big Daddy Weave. This is what life would be like on Lighthouse Live. We'll be back. I wish I was more of a man. Have you ever felt that way? And if I had to tell you the truth, I'm afraid I'd have to say that after all I've done and failed to do, I feel like less than I was meant to be. And what if I could fix myself? Maybe then I could get free. I could try to be somebody else who's much better off than me. But I need to remember this That is when I'm at my weakest I can clearly see He made the lame walk and the dumb talk And he opened blinded eyes to see That the sun rises on his time Yet he knows our deepest desperate need And the world waits while his heart aches
right, that's Big Daddy Weave, what life would be like. Can you imagine what life would be like if we let Jesus live through you and me? I love that song. How appropriate this morning as we're with Marty Lancer, Dan Diaz, Pastor Mike, and Elaine. I tell you what, there is just absolutely, when we think of the lives of Marty Lancer and Dan Diaz, no excuse for any of us to be a pew potato or a couch potato or a rotten potato. <laughs> Any kind of potato. Boy, especially that one. That, yeah, 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 it's kind of rotten. But anyway, we are just uh, so pleased that you guys could carve out time of your out of your busy day to be with us and just to encourage uh, others, if you will, to uh, get off of the couch. And, and uh, you know, you were talking, Dan, uh, during the, the music break there about learning and all that takes place there at uh, VIP's Visual Impaired Persons uh, Support. Uh, lots of learning for everyone, no matter if you, how uh, non-sighted you are, uh, from complete blindness to uh, uh, total uh, blindness. Yeah, a question came up, um, Marty and Dan, for um, people, especially seniors, who may be um, afflicted with macular degeneration. You know, we have a process now where mm. uh, the sight is, is uh, disappearing bit by bit. Uh, what what is your what are your words of encouragement for those who who may be in that situation right now? Well, through the if you're illegally blind in the state of California, there is the Department of Rehab, and they they have alternative ways of of training. They have advice. There is some training centers available to one if one wishes. Mm-hmm. They have a way of helping you get some of the aids that you may need, um, computer training through different vendors, Braille, uh, basic living skills mm-hmm. that to adapt and adjust to what, what you used to do. I think you made the comment a few minutes ago during the break, Dan, that uh, it's, it's a matter of not really um, – Losing out on a lot that you used to do, but doing those things in different ways, retraining and, and, and learning how to accomplish certain tasks, but in new ways that uh, that you had not learned before. Um, Marty, what about you? Uh, advice for people who may be struggling with macular degeneration or other similar things? Well, retinitis pigmentosa is another one. We see a lot of that at uh, VIPS, too. Um Take advantage of all the training you can get. You know, at VIPS, they offer computer classes, Braille classes, um, and and they do rehab clients there. But they also, you know, if I walked in off, well, I was not a rehab client when I took computers there. So you don't have to be a state rehab client to get classes there, as far as I, I know. Um, so take the classes that are available here first, um, the, the life skills classes, the um, Braille and computer classes, and... Then if you need to go to the rehab center in the East Bay, go for it, you know. Um, now, you you have to work with a state worker to get that all accomplished, as Dan had to do, um, and as I had to do to get some equipment funded for me. The, the point is, take advantage of all the opportunities that are there. Um, now, obviously, if you're 75 years old and you lose your eyesight, you're not going to necessarily need job training, but you might want to learn how to use the computer. Um you're going to want the life skills classes. You may need to learn Braille. All these things are available, and they're actually available right here in Modesto to start off with. 
Dan, let's talk a little bit about those life skills classes. What are the some of the what are some of the examples of the training that you receive? Basic cooking, oh, alternative cool. ways of, of of measuring, cutting, cooking, baking, broiling, cooking by. Okay, I I cook by time. Uh, various things from in, in from making a bed or washing your own clothes if you never did that before. Uh, you know, to teach ironing, sewing. Uh, course that I went to in the East Bay was, uh, hey, sewing on buttons, hem and pants. My goodness. Mm. Whether, you know, whether you ever do that or not. I have to do it once in a while, but we try to buy them to fit. You were, <laughs> you, you were even cleaning the garage one time when I called you, Dan. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's... it's Anybody can clean the garage if you throw everything away. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Boy, my, uh, I recognize that. I recognize that experience. My garage has been declared a Superfund site <laughs> by the EPA, I'm afraid. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Terry, I'm just curious. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about family support. And what, what are some of the obstacles that, that you see that you face in, in our society today as, as a sighted family member uh, who is uh, helping accomplish life with your husband? When Marty and I first got together, one of the problems we had were people, especially older people, you know, you'd go out to eat. And I had a lady once come up to me and say, it's really nice of you to get him out of the house. Oh. And then I had another lady who spoke to him like he was deaf when she was giving him his change. He mm. was going to pretend like he was also retarded, but I wouldn't let him do that. And people still ask me what he would like to eat. Well, he's perfectly capable of telling you what he wants to eat. Still get that. Still get, I get it here, in, in town here. So when yeah. we started, when we first came here, he started speaking at schools. So kids would be more educated on... Oh. Uh, what the differences are and you know it's i had a, a lady we worked with who was a educated lady came over to me and whispered and what should i do marty's going to step in a puddle and i said well how about yell out the door don't step in the puddle <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's an easy one you know that, that, that's an easy the alternative one. is his shoes are wet and you haven't done a thing <laughs> you know you 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 brought up an interesting thing though mike about families and some this is this can really be tough on families especially well i think it's tough on families anyway but but uh you know, for instance, a family gets together and, hey, let's play Pictionary. And now no, that doesn't work. I mean, I mean, you know, how's that going to work for a blind person? Now, there are things you can get involved in that in some ways. But um, and, and people don't even even in families don't think about that. It, mm -hmm. It's 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 just that, you know, uh, some unfortunately, sometimes and it depends on the family. Some are better at it than others. But sometimes in family, hey, the majority rules. Sorry, blind guy, you're left out. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we just, you know, um, some families don't know how to make it work very well. Now, is there training for family members? Uh, at VIPS, they have a support group where you can come and ask questions and talk about your concerns. And okay. it was interesting because one of the classes he went to, he was telling me they talked about how to put toothpaste on a toothbrush. Well, I never even thought about it because mm. I do that all the time, you sure. know, my own, and so does he. And but I, yeah. if you're newly blind, how are you going to do that? And so right. they'll talk about simple stuff like that and... and uh, interaction you know about especially with people who haven't been blind for a long time their family wants to know how to adjust i think the overwhelming problem at first is they want to do everything for you uh -huh. 
And you have to be careful not to do that. And, you know, sometimes it's blind people. Like we had, and I won't say who it was, but but we had a guy talk about how he was kind of mad that his wife didn't tell him, you know, that they had chips and get us some chips. And I, and I remember my, my thought was, and I might talk to him about this at some point, is, man, they're only potato chips. You know, I mean. You're, pick you're, your battles. You're, that isn't yeah, worthwhile. You, you, you got you to gotta pick your battles in these kinds of situations. Um, now, if they were, you know, um, I don't know. Onion rings, I might feel a little different. But, <laughs> but they, they were, you know, they, they were. No, but, but and, and you're going to have a lot of other opportunities to get chips. And if your wife was busy, you know, hey, let it ride. I mean, so there's times you got to pick your battles and you have to accept you're going to be left out. Um, it just happens. Uh, on the other hand, uh, when it's an everyday thing and people are playing Pictionary and, and games you can't play, then it gets a little maddening um, sure. because you want to be part of what's going on. Dan, uh, what about your family? What uh, what kind of transitions did they uh, need to go through, and uh, were there any helps for them as as they helped you? It's real. I think it was harder on them than me mm. because uh, kids, you know, they didn't think too much about it. It's, you know, hey, it's you know, it's my dad. He's okay. You know, da da da. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, but I think immediate family, parents. Parents, I think it was the worst on. I'm glad mine live in uh, Palm Desert, and I live here because my mom is a wonderful lady, but uh, uh, I wouldn't want her living in the same town because you <laughs> barely survive. <laughs> but, you know, it's just people just, it comes back to the same thing. They don't know how to deal with you or what you can or you can't do or um, the toothpaste thing. Uh, gee, you're going to go over there? Yeah. Uh, I was out in the garage setting up the drill press to uh, work on some aluminum. And uh, my wife comes out to the garage and she goes, oh, you want me to turn the light on? I go, yeah, go ahead. She goes back in, goes back in, comes back out, you know, and uh, she says, I'm sorry. And I go, it's okay. I says, you know, or people say, uh, you ride the bus at night? And I go, yeah. Well, it's dark. And I said, well, it's always dark. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's harder on folks that don't really, like I say, they don't know how to treat you. And as far as spouse, yeah, they adjust. We adjust. They do things a little different. It, it just, and once people get used to you, then it's not too shabby. It's, when you go to a store and you're going to be waited on or trying to get somebody to wait on you, and they go, how are we going to do this? And I said, well, if you grab that basket, uh, I need to go to these departments. I'm looking for these items. And I said, you drive, I'll just hold on to the basket. And that's mm. that way you don't have to worry about them leading you, dragging you through, dodging people. You know, you're behind the basket. You're not going to get run over. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's it's just every day... Things, like you say, you take for granted. Well, so, somebody says, how do you shave? And I said, I always shaved in the shower, so I never really look, so it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> you know, so it's just, or, you know, just, you know, your clothes, and how do you know what you got on? Well, you know, you braille label, you put tags in it and do French knots, I don't, you know, whatever it takes to make, uh, only thing you get every once in a while, my helper, she's, She's around a couple times a month, and she'll go, uh, are you wearing that outside? And I go, yeah. <laughs> and she'll go, well, there's a spot there and there and there. Oh, okay. And so 
have her spot it for me, or I'll spot the whole thing, and you know, it, it goes back in the washer again. But yeah. if people don't tell you, and you go, well, you know, mm, I'll go ahead and wear that. Some people don't say anything. Other people say, uh, Dan, and I'm going, oh, what? Did, uh, yeah, and I go, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Here we go. But it's <laughs> it's just everyday stuff people take for granted. That I mean, it works the way we do things. Sure, it just takes. A little more planning, a little more adjustment, and it takes adjustment for everybody. Sure. Well, let's talk about the team here, uh, you and, and Leonard and Ken out there uh, schlepping furniture, picking it up, and delivering it. Um, <clears throat> how does that all work in terms of coordination? Uh, you just jump right in. Well, yeah, they're they're easy to work with. Like I say, I know Leonard before. Ken's, uh, he's kind of interesting, too, So it's and John and Bill and Dave and and All of us around here are kind of interesting. It, yeah. It's a different perspective. Euphemistically We're speaking. All weird. And, and no, it works good because, you know, they already have a routine. I just kind of fell in and say, what do you want me to do? Or, you know, you know, somebody will go to the door to make sure somebody's there. Uh, I just sit on the tailgate and wait. And then, it's, you know, then we go do what we got to do and put it where we got to put it and haul it away. So it, it – it's it's and we have we have a good time because oh we're going to go here oh we've been there before okay well let's let's do do that so do you get any interesting responses from the people that you serve Dan? Yeah, they kind of go oh he can do that and I go oh yeah I can I can hold something and follow somebody yeah <laughs> <laughs> I can be told what to do or get this end or you know catch the wheels we're going to let this side by side down out of the back of the pickup and they go oh. So you know, it's it's just our folks aren't really educated, and once they know what what you are, what you do, and like with the other, you know, Joe and Leonard and Ken, you know, it's just well, we're going to do it this way, okay, and away we go. So it, it's it's a good feeling, and it's fun. I I enjoy what I do. Amen to that. Your faith in God is strong, Dan. Uh, I'm just amazed at, at your testimony. Well, we're just lucky. We're here, and that's, that's all that counts. So, yes. Terry, you were making a comment a few moments ago about the uh, uh, real possibility and, and many times the case that um, blind folks tend to become isolated. Yes, they do. And uh, what, uh, what encouragement can you provide uh, to family members to help counteract that? I think what Dan said about education is huge because once I think once you you start getting isolated, depression follows, and then pretty soon you don't want to do anything. Mm. And the way to combat depression is to go see how many other needy people there are that you can help. Mm. Because once you start doing that, you'll find out there are thousands of people who have it much worse than you do. Yeah. And that's one of the neat things about the support group at uh, VIPs is that um, you realize, I think one of the things we all tend to do um, when we're confronted with a new situation, something we didn't expect, is to sometimes think, man, I'm the only person that's this way. You know, there's nobody else that can relate to, you know, whatever it is. And then you walk into a room and here's 10 or 12 other people who, uh, for some reason, are blind or are going blind. You think, Wow, I'm not the only person that's got this out here. Mm. And and then you start getting together and you start talking about, 
you know, maybe situations you're, you've come into contact with, successes you've had, and, and, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, you know, there are actually other people who are living with this, and there are other people who have this struggle like I do, and pretty soon you develop a network of people you can talk to. One of the things, and Dan talked about a little bit, is how important networking is, um, not only for support, but in, in the help that you need to get things done. Um, networking is really important, and what you don't want to do is have one person that helps you all the time and burn them out. You don't want to do that. Um, so uh, it's important to network to get things done. That's huge. So, so a variety of, of people a variety of that people, you can work with. Is and important. all of them are doing what they're doing for you willingly and gladly instead of one person who's begrudgingly doing everything. Yeah. And a lot of times we don't like change right <laughs> we we don't like that word change but at the same time we don't want to become dependent right on right. people or things but we want to become independent like what we were talking about earlier and there are ways to do that mm-hmm. i think one of the things you see in both dan and marty is a determination yes. not to be a couch potato yes. not to have a life they both want to contribute something to life and that takes determination. And pers- that perseverance. It takes perseverance because yes, yes. I think Dan mm-hmm. had told me that before he came here, he'd volunteered at seven places. Mm, my goodness. And I know Marty has volunteered at places, too, that couldn't find anything he could do because yeah. they don't know blind people well enough to know they can do many things. Oh, my goodness. Well, and sometimes they're not set up. In other words, um, they it, it takes sometimes someone to show you the ropes. I mean, I'll give you... A really small example. This doesn't have so much to do with volunteering, but it shows you how people think. I got a little electrangular, a rectangular shaped clock, talking clock, mm-hmm. and it had obviously the time function, but it had some other neat things too, like elapsed time. You could set it. It had an alarm and all this stuff. And the guy that that when I got it in the mail, he opened it up. It was a guy I worked with, and he goes, "Oh yeah, here, just turn it on, Marty. Here, let me. Uh, I'll, I'll set it for you." And I thought, well, he's trying to be a nice guy. Okay. He goes, ah, that stuff's too complicated. You don't need to mess with that here. It just tells you the time. Well, it was a long time before I realized all the other things it did. The problem was he didn't want to take the time to show me. Uh-huh. Um, he didn't have the patience for that. And I, you know, I don't want to make him do that. On the other hand, um, I was not the real experimental type that just dug in there on my own. Well, let's see what this does. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, the screw comes off here, and, and oh, wow, there's a speaker over there now. And, and uh, <laughs> um, So, you know, um, sometimes you run into a situation where there probably are things you could do, but people don't want to take the time and, and, or don't have the patience to um, – and maybe they don't have the time to get in there and, and, and work with you. So consequently, you have people who are um, uh, not being used because um, no one really quite knows how to get in there and do it. And yet, you know, you guys have been volunteering here with us at Advancing Vibrant Communities for quite some time. I think of Sherry and Leo. Yeah, we and saw you them guys the other day. Have, <laughs> you guys have connected them with, with all kinds of opportunities, and, and you alerted us to the fact that they had needs and of course, Dan has been volunteering now for a while, and it's just just amazing the way that God is is working through you to meet the needs that are in the community here. We're just so grateful. We have about a minute left, you know, uh, in God's time, eternity is a long time, but as you know, Marty and Terry, uh, <laughs> in radio, I, we are confined a little bit. We've got about 60 seconds left. Uh, Dan, what are the words of encouragement for folks that are facing challenges 
and uh, maybe are slipping into a little bit of depression about their situation, maybe a word of encouragement to you about getting out and and helping others is a way to uh, counteract that. Well, it helps to interact, and that's that's what I like. And I was re- in retail, and, you know, I have to be around people, and you don't realize how much is available out there if you don't just kind of ask. Amen. Marty, you got about 30 seconds. Well, I'll tell you, just uh, get out there. You feel depression sitting in, get, get up the next day and... and like Dan said, interact, get out with people. Vips is a great resource, and that's why I brought it up because I think there you can get some help and uh, realize you're not the only, you're not the Lone Ranger. That's right. Well, God bless you both for being with us. We thank you so much, and you continue the good work on flying blind traffic, Marty. Thank you so much, and thank you, dear listeners, wherever you happen to be listening. Have a great week, and may God continue to bless you as you reach out and love your neighbors as you love yourselves. <laughs>